This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In the midst of the holiday season's merriment and celebration, an unexpected air of apprehension lingers. Beyond the festive glow of twinkling lights and the comforting warmth of shared laughter, an ominous threat begins to sneak its way into the joyous Christmas season. Outside, a wintry landscape envelops the world in a cold embrace, and a blanket of snow adorns the ground like a pristine canvas. Inside, the coziness of your home is accentuated by a crackling fireplace, casting a soothing radiance over a carefully decorated Christmas tree. In this idyllic setting, the essence of Christmas comes to life. Yet as families immerse themselves in the joy, exchanging gifts and indulging in hearty dinners, a shadowy present lurks unnoticed just outside their home. It has a face with features both long and gaunt. It sneaks around peeking through the windows, complete with large staring eyes, a wide mouth boasting yellow teeth and a scraggly white beard. Little do you know that your worst Christmas nightmare awaits. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we're discussing SCP-4666, The Yule Man. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror. You can listen to a new episode every week, as I take you to horrifying destinations both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Nearly getting impaled by a clawed tentacle or consumed by entities that seem to walk right out of your worst nightmares, was just a regular event in the average day for Mason Blackwood. Over the last year, since he had gone to work for the SCP Foundation, he had added quite a few scars to the collection that covered his body. Mason was a tough SOB, but even the toughest men need a break sometime. 
He had chased and fought monsters while dealing with the secrets of the Foundation and the Redwood Bureau until he barely had time to sleep at night. Many nights, sleep was impossible. On others, sleep evaded him. He was no longer known by his military title. He had become Agent Blackwood, as the Foundation preferred to give a more generic title to their soldiers. Chin had likewise become Agent Chin as well. Both men had spent every assignment side by side, right in the heart of danger, most times not sure if they would make it out alive. Mason had always been a loner. He had no real family to mention. Chin, on the other hand, Mason had learned, was a family man with a wife and a young daughter. The two men had grown close during their assignments and battles, the only two faces left from their original team. Everyone else had either bailed or were dead. Mason often wondered why Chin would accept a position where he risked his life on a daily basis when he had a wife and a kid at home. He had even asked him once, I do this for my daughter, so that she will have a safer world to grow up in, was his reply. Mason understood. His cause was noble enough. Mason, on the other hand, only felt truly alive when he was in the heart of battle. He didn't fight to stay alive. He fought to feel alive. But he was weary and needed some time. When the holiday season rolled around, Chen told Mason that he was taking a few weeks off to spend time with his family. And in a shocking turn of events, he invited Mason to come along. My wife makes the best pecan pie you will ever taste, Chen said as he tried to lure him with the promise of home-cooked meals. But Mason was afraid if he left the foundation, even for a short break, he might lose contact with Agent Conroy. Mason and Agent Conroy had been corresponding secretly ever since the day the plague doctor was nearly apprehended. They shared information about both the Foundation and the Agency's movements, and possible motives. So far they have come up with only one theory. Where the SCP Foundation's intentions appear to be, to secure, contain, and protect these anomalies, protecting them from the world and vice versa. The Redwood Bureau was doing deeper research. This led them to believe that the Redwood Bureau's goals may be somewhat nefarious. They may be trying to weaponize and control the anomalies until they could prove with evidence what the Bureau's intentions were. They would have to continue the investigation, even though it would become more and more dangerous. If the Redwood Bureau caught on, they may go to any lengths to silence Mason and Conroy. In Agent Conroy's last cryptic message, he divulged the Redwood Bureau's latest acquisition, SCP-4666, The Yule Man. The message read, Blackwood, the Redwood Bureau has snared SCP-4666. This isn't random. It's a shadowy plot unfolding. The Bureau's influence goes beyond the ordinary, now entwining with anomalies. Something ominous is brewing. The Yule Man's capture might signal the Redwood Bureau's move to control anomalies linked to holidays. Their goals are unclear, but there's a dark dance underway. Everything you need to know is in the file I left you in the usual place. Be cautious as you attempt to untangle this web. 
Secrets like hidden dangers in the snow await. Conroy. An anomaly that only appears during Christmas time was a new one on Mason. He didn't know if he should stick around and investigate further or take Chin up on his offer. But the decision was ultimately made for him when he received a letter from the Foundation granting him two weeks off. It was worded as more of an order, and he wondered what may have transpired to cause this turn of events. Does your offer still stand? He asked Chin as they packed up their personal belongings in the Foundation locker room. To spend Christmas with my family? Chin asked. Of course it does. No one should be alone during the holidays. After they were finished packing up, they headed to the airport and caught the next flight to Mystic, Connecticut, Chin's home. On the flight, Mason looked at the file Conroy had sent him on SCP-4666. The description was almost comical. A tall humanoid creature, standing roughly seven to eight feet tall, appearing as an elderly male with white hair, but always completely nude, regardless of the weather. It sounded very similar to an escapee from the local retirement village. But the similarities end there, because it's also described as having enormous dark eyes and an unnaturally wide mouth with sharp yellow teeth. It becomes active during 12-day periods, known as Vinot events, during which SCP-4666 stalks and often kills a rural family. In some cases, SCP-4666 has been known to kidnap children whose fates are no better than the families targeted. SCP-4666 roams the countryside of Germany during these 12 days searching for prey, but since the Redwood Bureau had managed to capture the creature, it should be a peaceful holiday season in Germany. What's that, our next job? Chen asked as Mason fanned through the pages. It's an SCP that preys on children and their families, but it's already been contained by the Redwood Bureau. Mason closed the file just as the plane's wheels touched down on the tarmac. He had never spent the holiday with family, his or anyone else's, and he found that the whole concept was making him nervous. After deboarding the plane, they had to ride an escalator to baggage claim. At the bottom, there was a pretty petite brunette and a little girl that looked just like her waiting for them. Mason and Chen made their way down the escalator, greeted by the warmth of the holidays, radiating from Chen's wife and his daughter. As they approached, Chen's wife embraced him with a smile, her eyes reflecting a mix of relief and joy. Mason, meet my wife Holly, and this little troublemaker is Lily, Chen introduced smiling as Lily hid behind her mother's legs. Holly extended her hand to Mason. It's a pleasure to finally meet one of Chin's partners. He's always talking about you. Mason, unused to such familial interactions, managed to give a nod and a faint smile. The contrast between the normalcy of family life and the anomalous challenges he faced daily with the SCP Foundation was stark. The next few days were filled with holiday cheer. The scent of freshly baked cookies wafted through the air. As Lily and Holly adorned the Christmas tree, Mason found himself gradually easing into the domestic tranquility, though an undercurrent of restlessness lingered. 
on Christmas Eve as the family gathered around a festive table. Mason's phone buzzed discreetly. Glancing at the screen, he saw a message from Agent Conroy. The message read, Something is up. They're moving SCP-4666 from the containment facility. I will update you when I know more. The cryptic message sent shivers down Mason's spine. Despite the joyous atmosphere around him, a sense of urgency washed over him. As he excused himself from the table, Chin gave him a concerned look, but Mason reassured him with a nod. The night air outside was crisp, and the twinkling lights adorned the neighborhood. Mason pondered the cryptic warning, realizing that the holiday spirit concealed more than just presents and laughter. In the wee hours of Christmas morning, as Mason struggled with sleep, a box truck pulled up down the street from Chen's house and parked. Two men in dark clothing and ski masks opened the large double doors, stepped back, and waited. Thunk, thunk, thunk sounded from the truck as something approached the doors. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play, with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. After a secret mission working for the SCP Foundation, Mason Blackwood's life took an unexpected turn. A Navy SEAL turned Redwood Bureau soldier, he faced a perilous situation that ended in his untimely demise. However, against all odds, Mason awoke once more, not only alive, but also equipped with newfound enhancements that defied explanation. As Mason grappled with the implications of his revival, he couldn't help but feel that there was more to his resurrection than met the eye. His instincts as a seasoned soldier and his acute awareness of his surroundings pushed him to uncover the truth behind his miraculous return. The agency that had orchestrated his return had made an offer to Chen, his trusted comrade. The deal was simple but laden with implications. Continue working for this enigmatic agency in exchange for Mason's revival. The specifics of the agreement remained shrouded and Mason could only catch glimpses of these discussions through his diligent efforts. Amid the jigsaw puzzle of information, 
Mason's investigations led him to a name that resonated with a sense of dread, the Redwood Bureau. He found snippets of references, snippets of conversations that hinted at an organization of formidable power, one known for its dangerous and unpredictable nature. It was clear that the Redwood Bureau was no ordinary agency. They operated beyond the fringes of legality and morality. As Mason delved further, he began to connect the dots. He realized that this infamous agency was responsible for the research and resources that had brought him back to life. It was their team of scientists who had overseen the unprecedented feat, using methods and technologies that defied comprehension. Mason's discovery was a double-edged sword. On the one hand, he was grateful for the second chance at life, for the enhancements that allowed him to defy his mortal limitations. On the other hand, he was entangled in a web of secrecy and manipulation, caught between the agendas of the SCP Foundation and the ominous Redwood Bureau. In the desolate expanse of the northern and southern temperate atmospheres, a sinister entity known as SCP-4666 lurks in the shadows, waiting for the nights leading up to Christmas to unleash its malevolence upon unsuspecting families. This mysterious anomaly, classified as Keter, has eluded containment, leaving a trail of horror and despair in its wake. The Yule Man, as is informally named, embodies a malevolent force that transcends time and strikes fear into the hearts of those unfortunate enough to cross its path. SCP-4666 is a creature of unimaginable age and origin, shrouded in mystery. Witnesses describe it as a tall, emaciated old man of European descent, standing between seven and eight feet tall. Its appearance is hauntingly naked, even in the freezing temperatures of its chosen hunting grounds. The entity's longevity is a testament to its elusiveness, and the nature of its anomalous properties remains enigmatic. The creature's nefarious activities occur during its active phase, a 12-night period from December 21st or 22nd to January 1st or 2nd, known as Weisenacht events. These events unfold in isolated rural homes, with families containing at least one child under the age of eight situated in areas with enduring snow cover. SCP-4666's actions during this time follow a chilling pattern, escalating from subtle stalking to horrifying outcomes. The progression of a Weisenacht event unfolds in stages, each more ominous than the last. In the initial nights, children report seeing SCP-4666 watching from a distance observing their dwelling with an eerie intent. As the nights progress, footsteps echo on rooftops and in attics, accompanied by a putrid odor that permeates the air. A sense of unease settles over the families as they grapple with the realization that something otherworldly is encroaching upon their lives. The climax of the event occurs on night 12, where two nightmarish scenarios may unfold. In the majority of cases, SCP-4666 engages in a ritualistic and sadistic massacre of the family, sparing only one child under the age of eight, whom it abducts. The entity inflicts incapacitating injuries on family members while they sleep, 
leading them to a room where it proceeds to carry out unspeakable acts of torture before ending their lives. The methods vary, but the ritualistic nature suggests a sinister purpose behind the brutality. In a disturbingly contrasting scenario, occurring in approximately 15% of events, SCP-4666 refrains from harming the family. Instead, the children wake to discover crudely wrapped presents at the foot of their beds. These presents, however, are macabre toys fashioned from the remains of other unfortunate children, adding a gruesome twist to the holiday season. What makes SCP-4666 even more chilling is its ability to travel instantly or near instantly to any location north of 40 degrees north latitude during its active phase. This supernatural agility contributes to the entity's elusiveness, making containment a seemingly insurmountable challenge. The criteria determining the outcome of a Vazanacht event remain unknown leaving families in perpetual dread during the holiday season. The discovery of SCP-4666 dates back to 1974, when anomalous home invasion incidents resulting in family deaths were identified through the Foundation's Anomalous Signature Recognition Program. Extensive research revealed a pattern of Weizenacht events spanning centuries, with an average of 3.1 known events per year. Historical documents hinted at the entity's presence as far back as the 2nd century AD in Europe and Russia, and even the 1st century BC in Scandinavia. Fingerprints belonging to SCP-4666 have been discovered. These prints, with a unique double whorl pattern, defy typical human characteristics. Human-like white hairs, devoid of extractable DNA, further add to the enigma surrounding SCP-4666's existence. An unsettling discovery occurred on January 2, 2018 in Hoonah, Alaska. A life-size doll crafted from the emaciated body of a female child. The doll's grotesque modifications included a dress made from clothing sewn into the body's skin, a mouth sewn shut with tendons, and eyes replaced with painted pebbles. The female child, miraculously alive but severely malnourished, was airlifted to a hospital where she survived for 18 hours before succumbing to multiple organ failure. An autopsy revealed the horrors she endured during her two-year captivity, marked by scars, burns, and untreated fractures. The tragedy underscored the malevolence of SCP-4666 its sadistic actions extending beyond the bounds of life and death. These disturbing instances provide a harrowing account of the entity's reign of terror. Recorded in a log, each entry unveils a unique horror story, showcasing the diverse methods employed by SCP-4666 in its pursuit of sadistic satisfaction. The lack of discernible patterns in its behavior adds an additional layer of unpredictability amplifying the terror associated with the Yule Man. Efforts to contain SCP-4666 remain ongoing, with global monitoring of web traffic and law enforcement channels dedicated to detecting signs of its activity. Containment task forces stand ready 
to intervene during suspected events, adhering to humanoid first contact protocols. Media coverage of SCP-4666-related incidents is carefully managed. In the shadow of the holiday season, SCP-4666 continues to elude containment, leaving dread and despair in the hearts of families. Residing in isolated homes north of 40 degrees north latitude, as they brace themselves for the ominous nights leading up to Christmas. As the Yule Man roams unchecked, perpetuating its malevolent legacy across the snowy landscapes. Mason was staying downstairs in the basement, where he was struggling to sleep, when it sounded like all hell broke loose upstairs. First, he heard a child's screams, which beyond a doubt came from Lily, Chen's young daughter. Next, as he was pulling on his pants, he heard gunfire. He would recognize the sound of Chen's favorite firearm anywhere. It was a Glock 19. Mason cursed as putting on his pants slowed him. He hadn't brought a weapon with him. His enhancements were weapon enough. And he also had his instincts and well-honed skills as a soldier. He was up the stairs in seconds without making one floorboard creak. When he got to the top, he found a mess. Holly was sitting on Lily's bed with her arms wrapped around the small girl who was crying uncontrollably. Chin leaning against the hallway wall, gun at the ready, looking out a shattered window. What the hell happened? Mason asked. Chin shook his head, trying to get a grip. It wasn't human. It was in Lily's room. It looked like a man, but it wasn't. This was the closest to losing it that he had ever seen Chin, who was always in control. But it's a whole different ball game when the people you love are in danger. As Mason scanned the chaos, his instincts honed from countless dangerous encounters kicked in. He swiftly moved towards the shattered window, carefully assessing the outside. His night vision kicking in, he scanned the area below the window, but there was no heat signature left to trace. But his enhanced acuity was enough to see the outline of footprints that led off into the distance. Other than that, the neighborhood was silent, except for the distant well of sirens approaching. Chen's shaky voice cut through the tension. It was... It was SCP-4666. The one from the file. I don't know how it got here, but it was in Lily's room. I fired at it, but it vanished. I thought this thing had been contained. Mason's mind raced. SCP-4666, the Yule Man, shouldn't have been here, especially after its capture by the Redwood Bureau. The containment breach meant trouble, especially on Christmas. Are Holly and Lily okay? Mason asked, his focus shifting to ensure everyone's safety. They're scared, but they're okay, Chen replied, his voice steadier now. The wail of sirens grew louder, indicating that law enforcement or Foundation personnel were nearing the scene. But Mason knew time was of the essence. SCP-4666 was an anomaly with a gruesome pattern during the Christmas season and it had surfaced here, targeting Chen's family. Get your family ready to move. I'll cover you, 
Mason instructed, his gaze scanning the surroundings for any sign of the anomalous entity. Chen nodded, quickly moving to his family's side as Mason secured the immediate perimeter, every nerve on edge. The night had turned into a battleground, the peace shattered by an entity that defied logic. As the authorities arrived, flashing lights casting an eerie glow, Mason's mind raced. He needed to alert Agent Conroy, to notify the Foundation about the breach, and to ensure that SCP-4666 was contained before it wreaked further havoc. As Foundation personnel rushed in, Mason's phone buzzed. It was a message from Agent Conroy. Blackwood, SCP-4666's escape was planned. Redwood's fingertips are all over this. I think they may realize that we are onto them. Conroy. The cryptic warning sent a chill down Mason's spine. If the Redwood Bureau had discovered that Mason had been investigating their motives, the safety of those he had grown to care for was at stake. As the night wore on, amidst the chaos of the flashing lights, Mason Blackwood, agent of the SCP Foundation, prepared for a battle that extended far beyond the containment of anomalies. A battle that had come home for the holidays. As Mason stood outside of Chen's home in the wee hours of Christmas morning, he looked for any signs of the direction SCP-4666, the Yule Man, had gone during its retreat. Mason and Chen mobilized with a sense of urgency, determined to track down SCP-4666 before it could unleash further havoc. Following its trail, they arrived at a quiet suburban neighborhood, just a few blocks from Chen's home. The air hung heavy with tension as they approached a house with shattered windows and evidence of recent chaos. As they cautiously entered, the scene unfolded before them. The family room was a disaster. The Christmas tree was laid over in the floor. Ornaments shattered and spread across the room. Gifts covered with blood spatter. They followed the gruesome trail up the stairs and from room to room, each room revealing a more macabre scene than the last. Chen grabbed a picture hanging on the wall, a family, a mother, father, and three kids. One was a boy about Lily's age. They carefully sifted through the carnage. There were four bodies, but the youngest boy was missing. This was without a doubt the work of the Yule Man. Mason clenched his jaw, his gaze shifting between the devastated family and the lingering signs of SCP-4666's passage. The gravity of their mission weighed heavily on him. Chen, too, absorbed the grim reality, his usual composure wavering. We can't let this happen again, Chen muttered. Mason nodded his eyes narrowing with a steely resolve. The hunt for SCP-4666 continued, the trail of horror unfolding as they traced its steps from house to house, each time finding another gruesome scene and a missing child. As dawn approached, Christmas morning lit up with an eerie glow on the snow-covered streets. Homes that should have been filled with laughter and joy began to fill with screams and anguish as families woke to the Christmas carnage. 
Mason and Chin tracked the Yule man to every home that it had ravaged until the trail ran cold. Chin's shoulders slumped, wearied by the night's horrors. It's gone, Mason. We've lost its trail. Mason's jaw clenched. Frustration etched on his face along with barely contained fury. We can't let it roam freely. We need to regroup, gather intel, and anticipate its next move. The Redwood Bureau is behind this, and they won't stop until they've achieved their dark objectives. Returning to Chen's house later that morning, the air was thick with unspoken tension. Holly and Lily, though safe for now, bore the scars of terror. Mason couldn't shake the feeling that they were racing against an invisible clock, that the Yule Man would soon vanish until the next Christmas, if he hadn't already taking with him any evidence of what had become of the missing children. Attempting to salvage a semblance of normalcy, Chen gathered with his wife and daughter in the living room, while Mason went to the basement and packed to leave. The Christmas tree, once a symbol of joy, now stood as a solemn witness to the night's horrors. Chen tried to muster a smile for Lily, attempting to create a moment of peace amid the chaos. Lily's eyes sparkled with anticipation as she approached the pile of gifts under the tree. Chen and Mason exchanged looks as Mason entered the room, a silent agreement to shield her from the harsh reality that lurked outside. However, as Lily tore open the wrapping of her first gift, the room fell into an agonizing silence. A gasp escaped Holly's lips, and Chen's face drained of color. In Lily's hands rested a grotesque creation, a doll crafted from the bones of a child, its joints held together by strips of human tendon and a strip of bloody hair plastered to its disturbing head, the only part of the doll that was plastic. The weight of horror settled over the room as Mason's instincts screamed a warning the Redwood Bureau's influence extended beyond mere containment breaches. Their twisted agenda seeped into the fabric of reality itself. Chen's voice trembled with anger and despair. They're sending a message, Mason. This isn't just about anomalies anymore. It's personal. Mason's gaze shifted from the bone doll to the shattered window upstairs. A stark reminder of the Yule Man's visit the Bureau had unleashed a darkness that defied containment protocols, an insidious force that sought to terrorize those who dared to stand against them. As Mason pondered their next move, the last cryptic warning he received from Conroy echoed in his mind. The dance has begun, and the shadows hold the key. As the morning light filtered through the broken window, Mason stilled himself for the relentless pursuit ahead. The Redwood Bureau had set the stage for a dangerous game, and the echoes of SCP-4666's malevolence served as a grim beginning. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. 
Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>